Hello and welcome to Ag PhD Radio, broadcasting from the Morton studio today. I'm Darren Hefty. As there's lots of spraying going on around the country, whether it's herbicides, fungicides, insecticides, whatever, we're going to talk about some of the spray additives that you should be using to help boost your performance and also to minimize problems. Uh, we'll also be taking your calls and questions at 844-44-AG-PHD, or you can always email us, radio at agphd.com. Hey, Darren, one of the things that I always thought when I was a young agronomist is, why in the world do we need to have all these different spray adjuvants? Why do I have to recommend the use of crop oil or non-ionic surfactant? Can't the companies just throw the adjuvant in? I, I mean, that'd be, to me... I just thought, well, that'd be way simpler. But here's the thing that I learned pretty quickly. We change spray adjuvants depending on tank mixes, and we change spray adjuvants depending on the weather. So, for example, we love crop oil and methylated seed oil to burn through the thick wax that gets on the, the plant's leaves as they get a little bit bigger in hot and dry conditions. If, however, things stay really cool, wet, it's fairly early in the season, um, if you use crop oil or methylated seed oil, because there's very little of this wax that builds up on the leaf on the crop in those kind of conditions, cool and wet and early, then you're going to see more, a lot more leaf response. And especially with certain herbicides, it, <laughs> that level of leaf response could feel a little unacceptable to most farmers and agronomists out there. So anyway, that's that's really the main reason why they don't just include the spray adjuvant. But the other reason is sometimes it may not uh, it, it may not work in that or with that product for storage purposes for multiple years. So. We, for example, on our own farm, sometimes we'll bring a product in and we go, ah, we're not going to use it this year. Ah, you know what? We'll use it again in a couple years. <laughs> so sometimes you need that stuff to sit around for quite a while. And there are a lot of herbicides, insecticides, fungicides, just in the what they call the channel, in the whether it's in retailers' hands or whatever, that sometimes might sit there for five, ten years. Well, we want that product to be good. And so anyway, there are a, a few different reasons, and I could talk about more, but you, you get the point. With these spray adjuvants, they just aren't going to include those. But that does mean, in some cases, you've got to add certain things to the herbicide or fungicide or whatever if you want it to work better. So we're going to talk through spray adjuvants just a little bit today. If you've got any questions about that, just give us a call here, 844-44-AG-PHD, or email us radio at agphd.com. Right now, we're going to get to the Ag PhD mailbag. It's now mailbag time with Brian and Darren. All right, Brian, we get a lot of comments about weed control in lawns, and, and I know a lot of people will try whatever they have on hand. You just never know. And then if something works, it's kind of interesting to see some of the mixes that, that guys come up with. Uh, okay, first comment or question here. This comes from Greg. He said, I'm up in Michigan. So I put Husky and Clarity in my lawn sprayer. <laughs> wow, did that work. Beautiful job. I did it once in the spring. I did the same thing again in the fall. <laughs> Super clean. All right, Greg. Uh, <laughs> yeah. You know, there's a lot of stuff. Now, is that going to hurt the grass? No. 
No, that's going to kill the broadleaf weeds. So obviously we're targeting some broadleaf weeds here. And, you know, one thing too, Brian, that we've seen, like some of these HPPDs, like there is an HPPD that's in Husky, but it's not at a super high rate. I wouldn't count on a lot of annual grass weed control with that. But uh, you got Husky that, yeah, you need great coverage. You got Clarity that, well, you're probably worried about that moving around in the lawn. I, I don't know if I'm a big fan of Clarity or Dicambas on the lawn. Okay, so let's... let's as agronomists, we can't tell you to do something that's not labeled. And unless I missed it somewhere on the Husky label, I'm pretty sure Husky is not labeled for lawns. So that that's really our problem. But what we always talk about is let's break this down a little bit. Okay, what is Husky? Well, it's Bucktroll and it's an HPPD. You can use an HPPD that's actually labeled in lawns. It's called Tenacity. And that's the same thing as Callisto in corn. So similar to what you get in Husky, just not the same. For Bucktrill, honestly, it's not that great on a lot of uh, on a lot of the weeds you're going to see in the lawn. I mean, well, the, the weeds Bucktrill kills, you'll see out in fields a lot more than you're going to see in the lawn. So I don't think that's super necessary. So personally, if it's me, I'm just going the tenacity. And then rather than going clarity, I'd rather see you use Freelex. And here are the three reasons why, or at least two. Okay, safety is really number one. Uh, Clarity contains benzene. I don't like using benzene if I can help it. Okay, so it's not good for you as a human being. So I'm going to try to stay away from that. If it's running through a big, your your big farm sprayer and you've got a good filter in your cab and everything else, fine. But if you're just doing it around the lawn, I don't like it. I would prefer to go 2,4-D. Now, the problem with 2,4-D is it volatilizes all over the place. You're going to kill everything, uh, quite frankly, with clarity or with 2,4-D in a lot of cases. And by everything, I mean stuff you don't want to kill, like flowers, gardens, tree. Not You're not going to kill the trees, but you drop leaves off the trees. So I don't like any of that. Just use Freelex. You don't have all that volatility issue. It's the new 2,4-D, and that's plenty good enough. So anyway, tenacity, Freelex. That's the combination I would use instead. So you get similar active ingredients and modes of action and similar control, maybe even a hair better, without the risk. And now you've got two products that are actually labeled. All right. Thanks. Thanks, Greg. Appreciate the the comments there. This one comes from Dave over in Dryland, Montana. And he said, guys, this year we're playing some different type of corn here. It's called Painted Mountain Corn. It's a combination of Indian and homesteader descent. Really hardy. Anyway, he said, with planting corn, the seeds need to get down to where there's moisture. We planted three inches deep this year to get down to moisture in our area. Hey, Dave, we've seen a lot of folks adjusting based on the drought conditions to get to some moisture. And regular corn needs the same thing. You've got to have moisture to get the seed started. So, yeah, sometimes when you have super dry conditions, it's okay to plant deep. In normal conditions, though, we usually say, hey, two and a half inches is about it. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. The weeds are coming! The weeds are coming! Hey! Paul Revere! This whole midnight ride thing is getting real... But the HPPD-resistant weeds are coming! We've got Verdict Herbicide. Verdict Herbicide? Yeah, it's a non-HPPD corn pre-herbicide from BASF. Oh, well then, get some sleep. Yeah, will do. The weeds are coming! Switch to Verdict Herbicide! Always read and follow label directions! Back with multi-year proven results, Torque drives performance. Unique to other biologicals, Torque can be applied with other chemistries. 
Use Inferro or Side Dress to increase mycorrhizal associations, enhancing root development. Learn more about Torque at thinkbiological.com or contact your local retailer and ask for Torque today. Novozymes BioAg. Think Biological. At Ag PhD, we're always looking for ways to support the ag industry. That's why at our free Ag PhD Scouting and Scholarships event, we're giving away more than 100 college scholarships. Plus, we'll head out into the field for hands-on agronomy sessions, including our comprehensive guide to crop scouting. This day may be geared towards younger farmers, but whether you're a college student or just want good agronomy info, this is one event you won't want to miss. Learn more and register for the Ag PhD Scouting and Scholarships event at agphd.com. When it comes to cereal disease protection, Prosaro Pro 400 SC fungicide from Bayer makes all the difference. With three effective active ingredients for overlapping control of foliar and head diseases and a flexible application window for head scab, it's formulated to lower dawn, protect yield potential, and promote superior grain quality. Prosaro Pro, the future of plant health starts here. Visit prosaropro.com to learn more. Always read and follow grain marketing and all other stewardship practices and pesticide label directions. Welcome back. You're listening to Ag PhD Radio, broadcasting from the Morton studio, talking about spray additives on today's show. We're going to talk about adjuvants and drift control and lots of different things that are going that, that are going in the mix. One of them that Brian and I were just talking about is uh, what about some of these nitrogen replacement type products? We've got John Parrish with us right now with Sound Ag. And uh, John, thanks for joining us. Yeah, thanks for having me, guys. All right, so we got in a little debate here, and and now we're kind of both sitting here ready to, ready to get the answers from you. Uh, all right, so if I'm using a product like Source, for example, and I, I want to cut yep. back on how much nitrogen I'm putting out, I want uh, to to use a natural solution here to try and help my crop bring in more of the end that it needs. When do I do that? Because we were just kind of debating. I know a lot of guys with side dress are going to wait just a little bit longer, at least in our geography, but are we ahead to be out there a little bit earlier when we're using some of these biologicals? Yeah, I think you got to look at the the one you're utilizing. Um, you know, source kind of, kind of in an almost a different category than what you would call a, a normal biological since we're not a live microbe we don't have to necessarily worry about you know the soil interaction there and getting that to the soil so that's where we have a longer window with a product like that we're using that plant um, to be the pathway to the soil and to, to activate those microbes that are already there so like something something with sources we we want that plant vegetation out there we want something there um, to, to, you know, be that pathway for us. So, okay. So what would be your ideal timing then in corn? Are you looking for V6 yeah. to V8 somewhere in that range? Yeah. I ideally from our information, we're, um, targeting that V4 to V6, which okay. a lot of times lines up with your post herbicide yeah. application. Yeah. Um, but, but we also have, like I said, a large window on there and we've gone all the way up to, to tassel. Um, and had very similar results to the early applications as well. So um, really it's, it's dependent on what's, what's driving your um, yield potential at that time, I would say, and how much moisture you have in, from, from what I've seen. So, 
Yeah, that is a pretty wide window to be able to use it. And I love the the yeah. catchphrase. It's like caffeine for the microbes. And uh, to speed <laughs> yeah. those little guys up, give them what they need to, to do their job even better. I, I like the I like the concept. Yep, yep. No, it's it's good. And like I said, it gives you gives you quite a bit of flexibility, which is which is nice and and not having to worry about basically killing it before it gets to the field is is a really good benefit in my eyes. So Absolutely. And, you know, for a lot of growers, like you say, they're looking for, okay, how can I give it a free ride out there? I don't have to make a separate application. So being able to mix with a herbicide or a fungicide is positive. Like you say, this is not a live microbe that gives you a lot more flexibility on what the tank mix partners can be, I'm sure. Yeah, correct. Yeah, we basically we can be mixed with anything. The one concern in in talking about additives and stuff, um, like adjuvants is is your water quality and and prior to my role here i'd never thought about water quality and what it meant for even even herbicide efficacy um, but getting that water ph uh, seven or below is is the biggest aspect that we look at um and that's all based you know just just off like the chemistry standpoint and what those ions in that solution are starting to do um and and luckily for us the most herbicides work better at a lower pH, so getting that water down, you know, if you have hard water or high pH water, um, before you add in these active ingredients, really help their efficacy and, and really make them perform well. So, We're talking with John Parrish here with Sound Ag. If you're looking for more details on this, we're talking about specifically their product called Source that can help bring more nitrogen and phosphorus, too, into the plant. Uh, it's yep. sound.ag is the website if you're looking for more information or details. John, thank you so much. Really appreciate you clearing that up for us. We're, we're having a little debate here, and that's the best way to solve it. Just just call someone and ask the right question. Yeah, that's right. No, thank you guys for having me. You bet. Thanks. Now, we're talking about spray additives and different things that go into that tank, and we got Kevin Matthews with us now out of North Carolina. He works with the Extreme Ag Group and, and operates a pretty decent-sized farm with a lot of varying terrain out there, Kevin. I, I love that, that I can I can uh, sympathize with you, that you got some river bottom stuff, you got some upland stuff, kind of whole different environments. Oh, yeah. Yeah, what you Whatever you don't want, we got. <laughs> well, honestly, that's kind of how you get started, too. You know, as you're trying to build up your operation, it's, all right, I'm going to pick up some problem fields out there that nobody wants to uh, bid against me on or that somebody wants to rent to me and, and let me prove it out in the field. But when you're doing that, when you got a lot of things to adjust for, oftentimes as you do run across the field with the sprayer, you're dealing with several problems all at once. Uh, do you have some go-to things that you like to mix together in the tank? Any kind of additives that you say, man, I, I really like that one because it helps me stay out of trouble. Yeah, you know, one of, one of the go-tos I would say is a product. Uh, it's, most people don't realize this, but we've had very good luck is a sweet success, which is a molasses product. And it actually has drift, it acts as a drift retardant, and we're able to get better systemic intake of the products that we're using when we add that. And it's very, very economical, it's really cheap, um, works good. But then the other thing that we realized, and, and a lot of this comes from working with you guys, and, and basically, you know, us farmers, we assume everything. So I assumed everybody had good well water. Well, you get away from this part of North Carolina, and not everybody's got good well water. And uh, some people's using the municipality water. 
Well, when you're using that public water source, you you know, you got chlorine there and it can actually hurt a lot of things in your spray mixture. So treating that water like the gentleman said earlier, maintaining that lower pH is very critical. We found with um, when we're doing foliars, we really want a good product. We use a product Indicate 5 from Brandt to help lower the pH and get the water right. Then we've used a product that actually my spray guy just called Brad and he said he said, you know, this spray tech, the full tech made by spray tech is an adjuvant, um, but it's got several characteristics in it. We gripper taught it penetrate several different additives in there. He says, I'm not sure how much this costs, but said I'd like to use it on the rest of the crop. He said, I'm just I can spray better in the wind he said, and I'm getting better kill with my herbicides. And so that's starting to be a go-to product for us. This is year two trying it, but um, the results is is obvious. So, yeah, you know, if I'm doing foliars, I, I'm going to have some foliar fertilizer in there. If I'm doing a herbicide pass at V4, V3, V4 on corn, I'm going to put some micros, stuff like that in, different different things. So absolutely. There's not a one-size-fits-all except for those two products. We, you know, that sweet success and then something to control that pH of that water. Those are two things that are very, very critical for our operation. Yeah, there are a lot of different things to, to think about. And, and, you know, when you spread your operation out over whatever, 10 miles, 20 miles, something like that. And there's a lot of farms that are in that boat. Yeah, yeah, exactly. (laughs) You're you're going to pull water from different sources along the way, and it's it's bound to change. It's definitely not going to be the same. Yeah, we actually pull from two sources. We got two wells we pull pull from, and um, we're very anal about that. We, growing up, we just got water wherever. Heck, we've got it out of the creek before. We don't do that no more, not with these sprayers. (laughs) No, no. And the kind of crops that you're raising, too, you get a lot of different high-value crops out there. And I I just think switching between all the different crops that you're raising, the timings that you're out there, you're planting over an extended window of time now with the different crops and the different types of land that you're farming. Yeah, you you got to have some go-tos to be able to keep everything working. Absolutely. And there's a lot of great products out there. You just got to find what works in your area. Yeah, and one thing I'd say, too, just to add to your comments on the water, you just got to test the water, see what's in it, and and then also when you're trying some of the things out, like you mentioned, a uh, uh, product to lower that spray solution pH, put some in the water and then test the water again, see how things are working for you. It's obviously what, what we're talking with Kevin Matthews here down in North Carolina and what he's done, and I know you work with a lot of the other extreme ag guys. You, you compare notes, find products that work, and find what's given the results. So, Kevin, thank you so much for sharing that with us. We really appreciate it. Yes, sir. Appreciate it. Appreciate Mr. Glenn teaching us that at Giles Place. <laughs> well, we learn those lessons sometimes by past mistakes. We'll be right back after this. My mom's got a new case ice tractor, and it can do it all. Bail hay all day. See in the dark with its powerful LED lights. Hook up all the implements. Ship like a race car. Steer with ease. And... It can also cool my juice box. Yeah, her Case IH tractor can do everything she needs it to. Looking for a tractor that can do it all? Check out CaseIH.com. 
When we told growers that New Bear Premium Trivolt herbicide for corn delivers visibly clean fields for up to eight weeks, they were a bit skeptical. Um, we'll see how it works. So we decided to prove it. We set up cameras in multiple cornfields, treated them with Trivolt, and filmed for 24 hours a day. For eight weeks, we saw a variety of weather conditions, and Trivolt worked. See for yourself at trivoltinaction.com. Trivolt is a restricted-use pesticide. Consult your state pesticide regulator for specific restrictions. Read and follow pesticide label directions. Nothing but net. Win your soybean season with the fast knockdown and lasting broad-spectrum control of Elevest Insect Control from FMC. Take on army worms, stink bugs, soybean loopers, and more with the maximized ratio of premier active ingredients for better overall control of more than 40 labeled pests. Visit your FMC retailer or elevest.ag.fmc.com to up your game this season. Always read and follow all label directions. You won't want to miss this year's Ag PhD Field Day with guided tours of our extensive research plots, world premieres of the latest ag technologies, the highest yielding farmers on the planet, and more equipment running than ever before. The Ag PhD Field Day just keeps getting bigger and better. We'll also have great family entertainment, including a kid's area, music, fantastic guest speakers, and food and drink available all throughout the day. But the best part is everything's free. Go to agphd.com to learn more for the Ag PhD Field Day, Thursday, July 27th. Get more durability for less downtime with Soil Warrior Strip Tillage from Environmental Tillage Systems. Improve fertilizer efficiency and reduce passes and fuel usage. Now that's ROI. Learn more about ETS at SoilWarrior.com. Get an extra semi-load out of your grain bin. The end zone from Farm Shop MFG can increase your stored beans moisture from 10 to 13%. On a 20,000 bushel bin, that's a free extra semi-load. Visit FarmShopMFG.com for more. It takes balance to be successful in farming because what you get out of it depends on what you put in. And Corteva AgriScience gets that. Introducing Nutricia and Nutrient Efficiency Optimizer, a biological product that naturally captures nitrogen from the air. It's a sustainable way to add balance to your traditional nitrogen methods and maximize your yield potential. Embrace a balanced approach to nitrogen management this season by visiting Corteva.us. Welcome back. You're listening to Ag PhD Radio, talking about spray additives today and taking your calls and agronomic questions at 844-44-AG-PHD. If you've got a go-to spray additive that you say, man, this one really helps me on my farm, or if you've got an issue and you say, I'm having trouble with X, Y, and Z as I'm trying to spray, today might be the great day to have that discussion with us. We'd love to help. So, head over, we've got Greg Kruger right now with us with Rosens. And, Greg, I know you work with a number of different spray additives, do a lot of research on that. Uh, what are some of the key ones you'd say if you're getting started with the sprayer this year, you want to make sure you have on hand? Yeah, sure. Um, for me, uh, I think two different tracks. One is what can I do to improve the performance of the products I'm out, uh, putting out there? And then uh, I think about the utility adjuvants. What can I do to make uh, that application go out uh, smoother? So uh, the utility adjuvants, are you you're thinking about things like anti-foam or defoamers? Uh, uh, think about uh, water conditioners. And then uh, on the performance side, I start thinking about the Let's get the let's get that uh, crop oil in there to get the, our ACCs and those grass compounds uh, uh, really going. Our 
can I add additional surfactant to try to push uh, these uh, uh, unloaded glyphosate formulations uh, farther? So uh, from there, I start thinking of all the different things that uh, we can do in terms of adding, uh, like uh, in Rosens, we've got the yield burst uh, products. So can I get something there that's in the product, in that tank, that's going to push yields uh, even farther? So those, those are kind of where I start with those. You, know, you mentioned the the defoamer, and that's one that I, I just think if there's a potential problem that I've ever seen with the sprayer, uh, I just want to make sure I've got something to remedy that on hand. So defoamer is something we've always got around just in case. And for certain products that we use, we want to make sure that we're adding that in ahead of time. And I think that's one lesson that we learned, Greg. Some of these things are better at preventing a problem than maybe solving one after it's already big and bad. Yeah, the, uh, an ounce of prevention equals a, a, a pound of uh, a treatment or something like that. I can't remember what the old saying is, but the, certainly hey, think about the, the defoamer. I, I can put a quart model of that in the, the cab right there next to the seat. And uh, as soon as I see that I've got something like Liberty that's starting to foam up a lot, I've, I've got it right there handy. And it's, it's not taking up a lot of space or getting in the way of the, the, the applicator. Now, you mentioned uh, water conditioners. What are you seeing for problems where where we need that? What what do what situations do they solve? Yeah, so uh, uh, there, I'm really uh, first. I uh, want to make sure that uh, I take a step back, even and, and take a water sample and, and get it tested. Uh, looking for the hard water uh, things that might tie up my chemistry or uh, pH issues. Uh, can I, can I treat that water so that uh, I've got a, a lower pH? A lot of our chemistries are going to work much better in lower pHs. So can I put something in there that's going to modify that pH so that uh, uh, we get more activity out of the chemistry we're applying? You mentioned crop oil, Greg, and I know there. Are, it's very interesting. As, as we drive around the country, we see completely different brands of crop oil. We see different levels of surfactants. We see, I don't know, just products. There's a lot of differentiation out there. What should a grower look for if he wanted to get the best crop oils? Yeah, so you're spot on. There's, there's lots of things out there, and it's a lot to wade through. Um, for me, I always like to point guys to the CPDA certified program. So the, the, the CPDA is the Council of Producers and Distributors of Agrotechnology. They have a, a program where they certify uh, uh, adjuvants, and they'll certify both oils and surfactants. And if you see that little CPDA logo on the, on the box, uh, that's an indication that that's got a, a certain amount of surfactant or oil in it that the uh, a grower can have at least some confidence that it's been through some level of uh, certification there. Yeah, that is fantastic. And and that's one of the things we talk about, like with humic and fulvic acids too. We, we would love to have some sort of group that would regulate that and, and let us know what we're buying in those jugs. But it's certainly there when you talk about uh, surfactants and, and the certification program is there. So buying from reputable dealers is always a first suggestion that we have. And then uh, buying reputable brands as well that you know are, are certified and have been through all the process. Uh, and certainly Rosen's is one of those companies that, that puts out good product. And, and we're talking with Greg Kruger here. Uh, Greg, I know we could talk all day. We open up the topic of spray additives. You do full day trainings on that. So thank you for joining us. Really appreciate having you on. And, and thanks for sharing some of your knowledge. A pleasure. Thank you. All right. So next we got Jim Reese on. He's our good friend with Precision Labs. Just a wealth of information when it comes to spray adjuvants. Jim, how are you doing today? 
I'm really I'm doing really well. It's great to hear that uh, you had Greg on the line too. Hey, I've got a question for you. What in in your line of work, you're constantly working on new products and new uses. So, what are the biggest things you're talking to farmers and agronomists like myself about here this year? What's new and different? What are you working on now? I think what we're working on now, and it's, you're starting to see it in the field this year, and really more, even more next year, will be. How can we improve high surfactant oils, right? So Greg mentioned earlier, spraying post-emergence grass herbicides, you're going to need a, a crop oil in it. And so the next step beyond crop oil is high surfactant oil concentrates, uh, whether they're based on paraffinic oil or methylated seed oil. But what can we do to make those even better? Um, so I think one of the big trends you're going to start to see is moving away from those chemistries that could cause arrested ear syndrome. So we're kind of concerned about... Um, making late applications, say V6, V7, you know, for weed control, and are we stealing five to seven bushels there with an ordinary crop oil or an ordinary MSO? Um, doesn't really show up as arrested ear syndrome, like you worry about it, you know, making fungicide applications with adjuvants of tasseling, but it is right when ear formation is being initiated, and and we think there's something going on there with the you know, traditional nonophenol, alkylphenol, foxwoods. So developing high surfactant oil formulations that are free of those, that's part of it. And then also, can we improve deposition and drift control with those same formulations? So have you seen data showing that a regular crop oil or methylated, methylated seed oil could hurt that? Or you're just thinking it's a possibility and I'm concerned? No, it's, we've seen data. We've generated data. We've seen it in the field. We've had other people verify it independently as well. So um, it tends to, to go back to that. We believe it goes back to the nonophenol, uh, alcohol, or alkylphenol phenol issue. And it's not massively deformed ears, but they look a little bit, a little bit different, a little bit shorter. But they're awfully uniform. Okay, so and, that uh, yeah, so that's a big deal. So crop oil and methylated seed oil, the regular stuff that's out there now. Are you saying basically farmers need to stop applying that by V five? I'd say. Well, I would say, yeah. I mean, we're starting to get nervous about it. Um, I think it's not going to hammer your yields like arrested deer syndrome, but you could come up missing five to seven bushels um, pretty easy. Well, the reason so, why I'm bringing this up is there were a lot of areas that got delayed in terms of planting this year, so now they're getting stuff in late, and it's hot. I mean, you're talking 85 degrees every day up here, which is hot for us, and this corn is going to get huge fast before some guys get spraying. Well, they think, hey, I'm going to spray NHPPD. I'm fine at V6 or V7, but what are they going to throw in with that HPPD? It's going to be crop oil or methylated seed oil. So this is, this yeah. is a big deal. Well, and so now you're welcome to the fun world of farming, right? And the lesser of two evils. <laughs> yep. Yeah. And right. so what, do I, what am I willing to deal with? My, the weed reduction or the yield, yield reduction from weed pressure would probably be greater than anything I would, I would potentially ding. Um, so I think if it was my choice, I'd make sure I control weeds first and think about what I do next year to... Uh, and I have to be concerned about it. Yeah. All right. Um, I, I also, if if you have time to hang on through our break, Jim, I also wanted to talk to you just a little bit about a question we're getting lately, 
and that is the UAVs or drones, and people are starting to apply pesticides with those. But if you think about the very low use rate we're talking about, the very low water volumes, I want to ask you about spray adjuvants with that. So if you can hang on, we'll talk about that right after this break. Sounds good. Okay. All right, again, we're talking a little about spray adjuvants or spray additives today on the show. If you've got a question for us, it's 844-44-AG-PHD or email us radio at agphd.com. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. Morton Buildings has served the American farmer for more than 120 years. From manufacturing our own building components to constructing your building, Morton takes pride in being the industry leader in post-frame construction by providing a quality building and exceptional customer service. A Morton is built to last for generations. To get started on your next project, please visit mortonbuildings.com. Hi, I'm Greg Souter with 360 Yield Center. Getting more nitrates into the corn plant drives yields higher. When and where you place your nitrogen makes a big difference in packing nitrates into the air. 360 Wide Drop places in right over the roots. It's the most efficient way to move nitrates into the plant for better tip fill and heavier kernels. Convert your side dress bar to 360 Wide Drop. Learn more at 360yieldcenter.com. Precision crop nutrition pays. And AgroLiquid has precisely what it takes to help you succeed. The right products plus the right expertise to give you guidance based on your soils, your fields, and your goals. While our clean, seed-safe formulations and lower application rates make planter fertilizer easier than ever. AgroLiquid. Apply less. Expect more. Find a retailer at agroliquid.com. At Ag PhD, we're always looking for ways to support the ag industry. That's why at our free Ag PhD Scouting and Scholarships event, we're giving away more than 100 college scholarships. Plus, we'll head out into the field for hands-on agronomy sessions, including our comprehensive guide to crop scouting. This day may be geared towards younger farmers, but whether you're a college student or just want good agronomy info, this is one event you won't want to miss. Learn more and register for the Ag PhD Scouting and Scholarships event at agphd.com. Are you ready? We got the need, the need for seed treatment. Start your engines. Ready, set, Intego. Start your season strong with Intego Sweet Soybeans, Intego Fungicide Soybeans, and Intego Sweet Cereals OF from Valent USA. Ask your Valent rep about seed treatment solutions or visit valent.com slash Intego. Always read and follow label instructions. The hard-working, independent spirit of rural America can often be isolating. It's not often discussed, but mental health issues are real. Now's the time to lead by example, talk openly, and show that a strong mind is just as important as a strong body. FMC is proud to be working toward ending the misconceptions around mental health. Through awareness, guidance, and action, together we can uproot the stigma. Welcome back to Ag PhD Radio. Brian Hefty here along with my brother Darren. We're live in the Morton studio just talking spray adjuvants today. And right before the break, we we're visiting with Jim Reese from Precision Labs. And Jim, I'll pose this to you again. Spray adjuvants 
for drone applications or UAV applications with those low water volumes. Anything different that we should be thinking about there? Yeah, and I think there is, and I think uh, there's a lot more. There's a lot more we need to understand. Actually, we have a project that we're um, working with on at Purdue University. Um, but just understanding nozzle configuration, best nozzles, you know, should they be under the rotor, should they be on a spray boom, I think that um, that's something that needs to be resolved. I, I really, quite truthfully, get really concerned about some of the low water volumes I see. Uh, in our work, we've been able to do, take spray volumes from 2.5 gallons per acre down to 2 um, and feel really good about that, and probably even a little bit lower than that. But then I... I see some half-gallon stuff going out, and I get nervous. I know some people are having success with it, but it's probably not going to be spread across a wide range of chemistries, right? Well, so wouldn't that be... a lot of work to do. Yeah, wouldn't it be better if, let's say, everything was real small out in the field? I mean, as things get bigger, you just have so much canopy you got to fight through. I'm with you. I don't know how half a gallon is going to get you the coverage you're looking for. Yeah, I think you make a great point. Uh, it, Small, small would be key, and the bigger the crop, the bigger the canopy, it's going to be really hard to get good weed control, especially at that half-gallon rate. Um, so, I, And I understand the logistics of it, right? I mean, it, drones get fun and excited to talk about if I can spray it a half-gallon per acre, but yep. I'm just not sure it's going to be consistent enough. Yeah, yep. All right, so Jim, anything else new and different going on? Oh, gosh. Um there probably is, and I'll I would probably know more about it tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, well, it's been great talking to you again. Jim Reese with Precision Labs. Jim, have a great day. Thanks a lot. You guys do the same. Thanks. All right. So just wrapping up on our conversation with spray additives, I, I had a few last things I wanted to leave you with. Probably the biggest question we get about, let's call, it, let's call them basic products out there. It's non-ionic surfactant versus one of the oils. So with non-ionic surfactant, the purpose is is basically to spread and stick that product onto the plant. Uh, basically, it's reducing the surface tension of the spray droplet so it spreads out a little bit more. So that's a big thing. With crop oil or methylated seed oil, like I said earlier in the show, the, the biggest thing we're after there is to try to burn through that thick wax that's on the, the leaf of the weed in order to get your herbicide delivered into the plant timely enough with enough dose to actually kill the weed. So there will still be some of these non-ionic surfactants in with this crop oil, methylated seed oil in most cases, but it's it's just, let's call them a, a more aggressive adjuvant going with an oil, either crop oil or methylated seed oil, instead of non-ionic surfactant. Next thing, volatility agent. This, this really came about here in the last couple of years, and it mainly has to do with dicamba, where you're required to use a volatility agent to reduce the volatility. And what we mean by volatility is you land something on target. Let's say you land that dicamba on target, but then unfortunately it vaporizes. It picks up, and then it can move. And that's where we get real concerned, because for anybody when, when they're spraying, you can physically see spray drift going on, depending on how strong the wind is and what direction it's from. So 
we as as agronomists and farmers feel like we can manage that fairly well. But this volatility component, if it has the chance to vaporize over the next, especially couple of days afterwards, well, that just feels a lot more out of our control. So these volatility agents help at least a little bit with that. Along those same lines, drift reduction agents, or DRAs, uh, that DRA term got really popularized when Enlist and Extend came out, and we really honestly aren't worried that much about Enlist 1 on this volatility thing. That's been great, but with any of the new dicambas, they seem to only be a small step forward in terms of uh, volatility reduction compared to the old dicamba. Uh, it's not like Enlist 1 that's a massive step forward from old 2,4-D. So anyway, drift reduction agents can be used with Extend products or a, a number of different herbicides if you want to reduce drift. All right, then fulvic acids. So we do get quite a few questions about fulvic acids. It's something that a lot of people have been talking about here in the last few years using with fungicide or with foliar fertilizer that, hey, they're getting better results. They, if For whatever reason, it's getting into the plant better, and they are seeing response. So there are a lot of people using fulvic acid, and I, I just wanted to bring this up because it's different than the normal spray adjuvants that we talk about. Uh, like the non-ionic surfactant or crop oil or even the drift reduction products. All right, then we get to sequestering hard water ions. So that got talked about a little bit on the show today. That was, if you go back in time with Roundup years and years ago uh, when that came out, then the people started talking about using ammonium sulfate with the Roundup. Now, ammonium sulfate, to some degree, can sequester some hard water ions, in part because of the sulfate that is in that. So the sulfate can bind with something like magnesium, for example, so it's in your water, or calcium, so the magnesium or calcium can't tie up your, your glyphosate. Okay, so that's great, plus the fact that with ammonium sulfate, you've got a nitrogen source, and we found that some weeds, like water hemp, for example, if there's at least a little bit of nitrogen in that kind of source in the tank, we're seeing just slightly better results out of the glyphosate. So ammonium sulfate, for the most part, has been this product that goes with things like Roundup to not only sequester or tie up those hard water ions, but also provide the, the little bit of nitrogen that the glyphosate needs, and it can lower, it can lower water pH just slightly. Now there are a lot of a lot of people that don't like using ammonium sulfate, which is fine, but just understand it's very inexpensive and it fits in a lot of great situations. But like even on our own farm, we will use uh, uh, water right is the name of the product that we'll use sometimes to lower the water pH and sequester hard water ions, especially when we don't need that nitrogen source in there. Um, you can also, and Kevin Matthews mentioned this, talking about just chlorinated water a little bit. So we use a product called BioPrep on the farm for just, it's literally like five cents an acre. But if you've got chlorinated water, turn that chlorine into chloride. So now it's a plant nutrient. You're actually foliar feeding then, and you're not damaging any of the biologicals that you might be using. So we're spraying a lot more biologicals on our farm. You may be too. Just understand chlorine is designed, I mean, it's used in water to kill biologicals, to kill microbes. So you're not going to get any benefit out of some great natural product that somebody sold you if your chlorine in the water kills it immediately. So make sure that you are changing that chlorine into chloride 
And like I say, it's pennies an acre, so it's no big deal to do that, but just make sure it gets done. Otherwise, you're not going to get any result out of your biological. All right, that's uh, that's my list. I, I mean, there are other products that I guess we could talk about, but that, that was all I had on my list that I wanted to cover today. Darren, anything else? Well, there's just tons of things. And, there are. And the big thing I suggest is just if you're mixing a bunch of different things in, do a jar test. Start really small. Have your problems yeah. in a little jar that could be thrown away <laughs> if it turns to disaster rather than in a great big spray tank. And if you if you just look on social media right now, look at all the farmers that you follow, everybody in the ag industry, you'll see story after story of people that are cleaning out junk out of their sprayers. So don't be one of those guys that is spending the best spray day of the year cleaning out the system for well, hours. Honestly, I think we probably talk too much about efficacy. We talk, say, oh, this product can work here, and this one works here, and this one works here. That's all great, but we got to make sure we can at least get it sprayed out and we don't have any problems. I yes. mean, it's just like seed treatments. We talk about, all oh, these seed treatments are great, but the most important thing is that it doesn't stick in my planter and I can plant effectively. Well, and here's the other thing too. We want to make sure that all of that active ingredient gets delivered where it needs to be delivered. So yeah. we see stuff sticking up in spray tanks. Well, it could be active ingredient there that's not going out on your crop. That'd be bad. And now we have a quote unquote resistant weed. Well, no, our spray coverage was terrible. <laughs> Half of the active ingredient is stuck in our tank or in our lines. We just went out with a super low rate. So we want to make sure we don't have those things. That's one of the reasons we wanted to bring up spray additives today. We'll dive into the egg PhD mailbag coming up right after this. At Corteva AgriScience, we want to keep farms healthy and productive today and tomorrow. That's why we're investing in a robust pipeline of naturally derived biologicals. Meet Nutrition and Nutrient Efficiency Optimizer. It's a sustainable nitrogen fixation product that facilitates crop growth and optimizes yield potential. With the fluctuation in fertilizer prices, Utricia N is a reliable solution. It can be used alongside your traditional nitrogen program to enhance your ROI this year. For more information, visit Corteva.us. Nothing gets a better view of your crops than your pivot. Plant Insights powered by Prospera transforms your center pivot into a crop health monitoring machine. Be one of two growers to get Plant Insights on your farm with a free one-year subscription. Enter to win at agtechonthefarm.com. With Plant Insights, you can see everything your pivot does all season long, from emergence to pests, weeds, and disease. Enter today at agtechonthefarm.com. With Plant Insights, you'll walk away a winner. Win the war against weeds in your soybean fields with fierce herbicides from Valent USA. With three different formulations and multiple modes of action, you're sure to find the right fierce product to protect your operation from tough weeds like Palmer Amaranth and Waterhemp. Give your soybeans a strong, clean start with up to eight weeks of residual control with the powerful pre-emergence protection of Fierce Herbicide. Ask your local retailer or visit valent.com fierce to find the right fierce formulation for you. Always read and follow label instructions. You won't want to miss this year's Ag PhD Field Day with guided tours of our extensive research plots, world premieres of the latest ag technologies, the highest yielding farmers on the planet, and more equipment running than ever before. The Ag PhD Field Day just keeps getting bigger and better. We'll also have great family entertainment, including a kid's area, music, fantastic guest speakers, and food and drink available all throughout the day. But the best part is everything's free. Go to agphd.com to learn more for the Ag PhD Field Day, Thursday, July 27th. 
Get uniform control in your fields with trusted, hardworking Lucento fungicide. Control the toughest diseases with a dual mode of action fungicide that consistently outperforms the competition and field trials. Lucento fungicide from FMC works overtime for lasting control to help improve crop yields. Talk about getting the job done. Visit your FMC retailer or lucento.ag.fmc.com for hardworking control in your fields. Always read and follow all label directions. Learn on the job with the CNB Apprenticeship Program. Through in-person training and on-the-job experience, this unique opportunity gives you the chance to learn advanced ag diesel technology without the traditional technical school format or expense. Learn more at cbequipment.com careers. From machine storage buildings and farm shops to dependable buildings to house your livestock, regardless of building size or use, Morton has a building for every budget. To learn how we can help you expand your farm operation, visit mortonbuildings.com. You're listening to Ag PhD Radio, broadcasting from the Morton studio today, taking your calls and agronomic questions throughout the rest of the show at 844-44-AG-PHD. Or you can email us, radio at agphd.com, which is exactly what John did. And John also sent a couple pictures. Now, that's a great way to do it, John. We appreciate that. It's, it's a lot easier to answer questions if we can actually see what's happening in the field. So John's over in southeast Minnesota, and he said, guys, looking at my corn, we got some yellow on leaves and leaf tips. Uh, not sure if you can see it from my pictures. We did plant into perfect conditions, planted the first few days of May. Then the rains came, and unfortunately one was a gully washer. Uh, the question is, is this temporary zinc or sulfur deficiency? And is it too soon to pull plant tissue tests? We're finally getting some sun, which is allowing everyone to get finished up. Definitely not too early to pull plant tissue samples. That will help you identify what's really going wrong in that plant, yeah, you just if clip, anything. Just clip them off at ground level. You're yep. probably going to need a couple dozen plants. Yeah. But the yellowing that we see, and so just to describe this as best I can for our listeners here, it's it, let, it, the whole plant is basically a pale green. So there might be a spot here or there, like where the leaf bent a little bit, maybe looks a hair more yellow right in that one spot, but that's not a deficiency. Uh, the overall pale color, for both Darren and me, we were talking about this during the break, we think basically the plant just needs sun and it didn't have a lot of sun. However, is it possible that it's a little bit short on nitrogen or some other nutrient? It's possible, but it's not. Okay, so typically if things get bad enough, with sulfur or zinc, then you're going to see yellowing on the topmost leaves. If it's nitrogen or potassium, it'll be yellowing on the bottommost leaves. Well, this is just a general pale green color. So it's not like super severe if there is any deficiency. And I, I, I mean, the easy way out is to say, hey, when things green up or when things uh, warm up and you get sun, this is going to green up nicely, which it will. But I don't, the reason why I don't like that as a standard answer is because people say that often, well, they might have lost a bunch of yield in the meantime. So we want you to maximize yield so tissue analysis is good. And then also in the future, this is where we like trying some, let's call it a little more extreme things. So if this happens to you 
somewhat often in the spring and we say, well, maybe you just needed a little more fertility or something else. Try that in a couple of strips here and there. And then you can see, because if you had one strip where you had a hundred extra pounds of nitrogen out there, and yeah, I know that may seem excessive, but let's just say you had that. Well, then you could go, oh, well, this strip is nice and green and the other one isn't. Okay. And to that point, you say, oh, that hundred pounds of N is too excessive. Yes. And we want it to be. You want to go too far because you say, well, I put eight pounds of extra nitrogen over here. It might make the difference, no. but you might not see a thing and, and you're going to waste the next 20 years. Well, I did eight pounds. Now I'm going to try 12. Right. And please, now I'm going to try 13. Right. Now, please don't misunderstand what we're saying. We are not suggesting that every corn farmer goes out and puts an extra 100 pounds, way more than he needs or she, on every acre. What we're talking about is little strips for testing. And so it's not going to cause some big issue out there or anything like that or cost you a bunch of money. No. And the other thing is a lot of times you say, okay, am I going to split shot my N or am I going to put it all out at once? Do part of the field where you do it all out at once and then do the other part of the field where you split shot. And now you can see. And if you notice something early like this, this is why we recommend scouting every week. You say, ooh, they were definitely darker green over here where I put stuff on early. That's one observation to make. Write it down. Don't forget it, that that happened. And see, maybe it amounts to more yield. Maybe it doesn't. Uh, the other thing I would say, too, is just look for patterns out in your field. See if you're seeing this only in certain areas yes. of the field or yep. if you're seeing strips or lines or anything like that. And then dig up and look at the roots. Because a lot of times when we see something going on up top, there could be something happening to the root system. And maybe you look at the roots and say, ooh, I've got a herbicide carryover issue. My roots are all stubby or something like that. You just never know. Or, oh, I've got sidewall compaction. My roots can't get out. And that's why they're short to nutrients and they look pale. It's good to find those things uh, just to, to rule them out, if nothing else. Maybe say, no, everything's perfect underground and it just needs some sunshine and warm weather. Yeah, but I will say he talked about excessive rain. Now, I'm assuming that the water table is down because throughout our entire region here, we have been short on moisture for two and a half years, almost three years now. So I'm assuming that we don't have a high water table there. But if you have a high water table, uh, that would be another reason why your plant could be pale. It's Your roots are suffering. Your plant is suffering. So we've got to make sure that there's plenty of air in the soil besides nutrients and everything else that we need. So you want to make sure that you're keeping the water table down. So I mean, without more information, this is about the best we can tell you. All right. Uh, I got a couple I want to get to today, so we'll see if we can get through both of these. Hope we can. Uh, the first one comes from Nolan up in North Dakota. We're looking at using Trivolt herbicide on our corn, which is a combination of the active ingredients in Define, a group 15, Balance, and then also Varro. Uh, that is an ALS product. So we have sandy soils. And our organic matter is 3%. Now, by Sandy, I don't know what you mean, no right. one exactly. This is why we like knowing the cation exchange capacity number. So sometimes we hear people say, oh, it's not important to know cation exchange capacity. It's unbelievably important because he just told us it's sand. To me, sand is a 5 CEC. I'll almost guarantee you he's got way more than a 5 CEC. It might be a 15 or an 18 or a 20 CEC. We don't know. It's all relative until you look at that CEC number. So anyway, we, yeah, when you start talking... Oh, go ahead, Darren. Okay, so he said, I'm, I'm thinking about using Tribold at 15 ounces. Just wondering if you have experience with this these chemistries. I yes. know it's a new combination Lots. of old chemistries, but just also wondering, would you add atrazine? In North Dakota here, our weeds are kochia, grass, 
and some random broadleaves. Okay, now he did say early post. And so I think that's real key here because you were going to get some burn down in addition to just residual and all of those products have some burn down. But keep in mind with Balance Flex, you can only spray that up to about V2. So I, didn't, I haven't looked at specifically in the Trivolt label, but I'm assuming it's got to be the same. So Darren, if you want to look that up real quick, uh, how long, how, how late we can spray post-emerge in corn. All we're saying is make sure you're spraying real early. And yeah, I don't know specifically what the label says. I'm assuming it's probably V2. Anyway, uh, you're, if you're, the first weed he mentioned was kosher. All right. Is Balance Flex good on kosher? Yeah, it's pretty good. Uh, Define good on kosher? Well, it's okay. Uh, and how about Varro? No. Varro is ALS. So you've got three products in there, one that's pretty good, one that's okay, and one that won't work at all on your number one weed. So that's the first thing I want you to think about. Will atrazine help? Yes, it will. Uh, I wouldn't suggest using lots of atrazine, but a little bit of atrazine, sure. And then very worst case scenario, you're going to have to come along with some status later on because now you've used up your HPPD. So that would be the only thing. If you get kosher escapes, then you might have to come with status later. But hopefully this is going to be enough for you. As far as grasses and other random broadleaves, this combination is probably okay. Yeah, it's two-leaf corn and on coarse soils with greater than 2% organic matter, you can go up to 20 ounces is the max. We're recommending 20. Yeah, but again, we don't know that it's a coarse soil. I had a guy in Canada a few years ago told me he had sand and then his CEC was 33. That wasn't sand. That was some of the heaviest ground you're ever going to find. Right. (laughs) So it's all relative. But that was his sandy ground. The only cutoff is really if your organic matter is less than 2%. So if it's less than 2%, then you can only go 10.75 ounces. Yeah. So Anyway, we're not worried about the crop safety as long as you're getting it sprayed real early. But if it gets later, then that's out. You can't use it past uh, the two-leaf stage. Thanks for the question and good luck to you. This one comes in from Hank. He said, all right, guys, I messed up. I was planting soybeans. I made it about five acres before I caught this issue, but I had my planter set wrong. So I ended up putting down 266,000 seeds per acre in 30-inch rows. Soybeans will self-thin. I'm not worried. So this ground has to be no-till for landlords, so I can't come back and do any tillage. These are enlist beans. I'm wondering if I should come back at V2 or V3 and try and burn them down with Cobra to shorten them. I think I know where a rotary hoe is. I could possibly get well, I that. Do that. No. Uh, just wondering what I should do. Are they uh, going to get too tall and fall over is his concern? I know. I, I mean, this is why we like having soils really built up with potassium because then we don't have as much of that worry. Uh, so I, I feel for you. you. You could certainly spray Cobra if you want to. That probably will shorten stuff up. The other thing I would use if it's me, so like on our farm, we're raising conventional beans this year. We're going to go with Warrant Ultra. Even Anthem Max to some degree, any Group 15 that you get out there early post will shorten them up a little bit. Then you could spray Cobra just before flowering. Uh, so both of those things would help a little bit. But yeah, I wouldn't get that worried about it. It's not going to be that big a deal. Your yield might be great. Yeah, plus it's only five acres, so it's no big deal. Right, this is right. a nice little trial to see <laughs> Unfortunately. How, how things yep. are going to work out. And and also just notice the, the stem diameter compared to your other planting, too. It's going to be interesting to see the difference. Thanks for listening to our show today. Be sure to join us again each weekday for more Ag PhD Radio.